0: And now, here is Tara Nolan to help you find out how to be Financially Tuned.
1: Welcome to another show of Financially Tuned with me, Tara Nolan, from Tara Nolan Advisory Services, and my awesome co-host, Tony Shore. We are very excited to have you join us today. In this show, it's going to be a little interesting for me. We're going to be discussing women in finances. And... from personal experience, it's been interesting that even though women are much more educated and financially empowered, a lot of women still take a backseat or have a lot of self-doubt when it comes to investments, their retirement planning, and their financial future. You know, and Tony, I even have um, a client, I won't mention who she is, but she's got a PhD in math. And she finally fessed up to me. She's still single at this point, she's in her 50s, and she said, I just always thought there would be a man to take care of this, so I just haven't done anything yet. So I think this is a really important topic today.
0: I think it is too. Of course, I, I'm the same as she is, except uh, I was told there would be no math whatsoever and was always hoping I'd have a wife that would take care of it. So Well, that is uh, the big secret is,
1: <laughs> is everyone thinks the other person knows, but the thing is, is they don't.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Not necessarily. Well, and
0: Tara, yeah. And, and listeners out there, you may be thinking, okay, uh, the show's about women and finances and, and Tara Nolan's the host of the show, but Listeners, the reason I'm on board today, the reason Tara needed me on this show more than ever, is because she needed somebody who is uh, uh, who had a lot of knowledge about women and finances. So uh, she asked me to come on the show with her uh, because obviously one of us has to have experience with women and finances, and uh, I think I'm that person. Well, you know, oh, wait, it's... no, that <laughs> you, you need kidding. that outside That's perspective. That's obviously you. Well, That's no, but obviously you.
1: That brings up a funny story. A little aside, I was flying. Uh, With a co pilot one time, and we were just talking because obviously, in the military, it's always a topic of what's it like to be a woman in the military. And my co pilot asked me, Tony, he said, So, do you think it's harder being a woman? And I'm like, I don't know. I've always been one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. How would I know?
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, You you wouldn't know any different. So, yeah, I I can see that. And it's good to have different perspectives. But obviously, my, my sarcastic point was this is that uh, I was trying to make light of myself in that, uh, obviously, uh, you're the expert. Uh, Women in finances, this is your area of specialty. So uh, this is a great topic for us, um, and I think this is going to be a great show. And Tara, are are you doing okay? Has that ankle healed completely?
1: I think I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hoping to get my cast off next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's so full of signatures. Everyone signed your cast for you. So Um, I know you're going to be a little sad to see it go, aren't you? Uh,
1: Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I I can keep the cast on my bedside. I don't need to have it on my foot.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. After six weeks, I I bet you're ready. Well, uh, first, the first question uh, on this topic is why is it important for women to face their financial future with confidence? I mean, obviously, that's what we're talking about today. Why is this an important topic?
1: Well, you know, the bottom line, Tony, is that women live longer. If you just look at the tables, the mortality tables, you look at social security, women are always going to generally live longer than men. And so even if you're in a very traditional relationship where your husband takes care of the money and you take care of the house or just however you have those responsibilities divided up, at some point, a woman is going to be living by herself and she's going to have to be... Facing these financial issues and understanding what needs to happen so I I just for me this is a really I'm kind of passionate about this that even if finance is not your primary uh, chore at home you need to at least understand the big picture because if you ever have to pick it up and take care of it you don't want to pick it up in a crisis you want to take that time ahead of time to look at it and and know what you're gonna be jumping into it's just so important
0: Exactly, and I, I think that's a really important. Uh, that's why this topic is so important. So, what are some specific challenges for women out there when it comes to their finances?
1: Well, this is this is the the crux of it right here. Is when you are a woman and you're in a marriage and your husband passes, you're going to be forced to live with any decision that your husband's made. So that's good and fine if you understand what happened. But if you weren't part of that process, you're playing catch up at the beginning. Um, Right now, there's not a lot of pensions out there anymore, and for a lot of couples, once the primary earner passes, it's normally the husband, the pension stops. So the only thing that's going to be available for the wife is Social Security. Obviously, we're all living longer, so there's that health care question, and especially if there's that gap before you're 65 and you're not really on Medicare yet. So that's another thing that we have to deal with. And then, so then it be creates this retirement gap. So there's plenty of couples that are totally fine while they're both alive, but then their situation drastically changes. And Tony, I can tell you that I had a couple come in, it's really funny, is they just wanted to interview me as part of their uh, plan for if the husband predeceases his wife, they said, well, we wanna sit down and talk with you now to make sure that, um, you're going to be a good fit for us when it's just my wife. So I thought that was a great plan. So they're interviewing ahead to make sure that that's going to be a good fit.
0: That is. And there's probably, I hope you explain to them that there's probably some things you can do for them to help them out before that point. Um, well, there there definitely
1: is. But when you're dealing with the do-it-yourself or you have to kind of ease into those things. But I, I kudos sure. to them sure. for taking the planning steps. You know, everyone takes the step that they can.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. I think that is a good point. In fact, I was going to ask you, do you have clients or people who come to you, uh, who've had maybe hardships when they're planning for their retirement?
1: Well, absolutely. Because for a lot of people, when they come to me, it's usually no one likes to deal with finance. So when they come to me, a lot of times it's something has happened in life. That's kind of forced them out of their shell to add this to the top of the to-do list for the day. So whether it's an unexpected, um, a death, or maybe I've had, unfortunately, some clients that have had unexpected divorces or situations like that, that all of a sudden uh, this becomes something that has to be addressed and dealt with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So uh, what are some drawbacks um, uh, and how can our female listeners out there uh, avoid those drawbacks?
1: Well, let me start. There's about five or six of them we'll talk about today, but one of the first ones at this point, and this is, I think, one of the strengths of women is women are very good at seeking out advice and um, education. But one of the challenges is to, if they don't understand, who is going to be a good solid resource to listen to. So, you know, for most women, it's a very slow process for hiring someone because they want to develop that trust and respect, which is absolutely you have to resonate and connect with the person you're going to work with. And so the first drawback is understanding where can you get good information? Because I don't know, Tony, have you ever been on the internet or on TV and seen an advertisement for insurance, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, E-Trade, pick pick a thing?
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, all the time, in fact. Yeah. So it's,
1: it's not really an issue of uh, information, it's information overload, trying to sort through that. So that's one of, one of the challenges that begins the process.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you know, what are some typical ways then uh, that uh, women can obtain the beneficial financial advice they need. Obviously, one main way is to uh, give you a call. Um, uh, but uh, are there other ways that people get financial advice out there?
1: There is, Tony. And I'm going to come at it a little bit backwards. Is I think one of the things you should understand when you're seeking advice is how is that person being compensated, right? No one is just doing this for free because otherwise you can't make a living. So let's kind of back into it. I think this is important for anyone's listening to understand there's three basic ways that financial planners get paid. So the first way is if you're working with an insurance only agent, they get paid commissions directly from whatever company. So if you've seen New York Life, MetLife, Mass Mutual, any company out there, the insurance agents that they work with will pay those agents directly. So you you will never write a personal check to an insurance agent. The second way- Uh. You're right, The second way is a registered representative or typically what you call a broker. And these are going to be a lot of your independent companies, a lot of your um, box store type of companies that you can go to and they'll help you out with your IRA and do some insurance. And they're compensated basically two ways is insurance products are always done via commission. And then if you have mutual funds or stocks, something in the market, then there are uh just fees on those transactions. So if you buy a hundred shares of Google or something. So those are the two ways you pay a broker. And then the third way are what they call RIAs, or Registered Investment Advisors, and they are what you call the fee only. And so they typically get paid based on a percentage of assets under management. And it's usually a fee of about one to two percent based on your overall assets. So when you go to sit down with someone it's very reasonable for the first question to say, before we get started, just let me know how you're compensated, because that should just be on the table and transparent. And then you can get into the, the discussion of, well, what do you offer? How, do you, how are you going to help me? This is what I need. And you kind of have that interview process to see if it's going to be the right fit. But does that kind of make sense, Tony?
0: Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. And I think our listeners, men and women, but especially women who find themselves either uh, single, divorce or without a spouse and without any help in this area, uh, that's some great advice because they're going to need some help. We all are when it comes to planning our retirement and asset allocation, dealing with inflation taxes, all of it. It has You have to have a plan in place for it, especially uh, when you get ready to retire. Uh, now, our time is up for this first segment of the show. Tara, do you have anything you'd like to share with our listeners before we take a quick commercial break?
1: Uh, for sure, Tony. What's going to be happening in my world for this month is I'm going to be doing some Social Security education. So, for anyone who's listening to the show today, if they want to visit my website at www.tarae, as in or call the office at 719 235 5494. I have a complimentary retirement income toolkit. So, if you just click on the Financially Tuned button, this is gonna be a really informative toolkit that's gonna to walk you through social security and then some of the other planning factors. So I think it's a really good way to start building that foundation of knowledge.
0: Sure, and the series of, I know you're doing some workshops, just purely educational to help people out there in the community and help people understand social security. If we've got listeners out there who haven't yet filed for social security, uh, you, you really need to attend one of these seminars. I've been to the seminars and they're fantastic. And you're not going to be, it's not a sales pitch. It's educational and it's complimentary, right? There's no cost or obligation.
1: Correct. Absolutely. Excellent. Yep.
0: And they're all listed on your website there. Uh, when's the first one that's coming up? Do you have that information in handy?
1: It's going to be at the end of March. The best thing is if you go to my website, I've got all the dates and times. So that way you can find the right date and time that's going to fit in your schedule. But at the end of March, the 30th and the 31st are going to be the first the first times.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tara. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back to learn more about women and finances from Tara Nolan on Financially Tuned after this. Losing a spouse can be devastating. When it occurs, there is a whirlwind of emotions and decisions that need to be made. The last thing you want to do is worry about your finances. At Tara Nolan Advisory Services, we focus on helping women and making life transitions a little bit easier. That is why we have put together a helpful guide titled, The Top 6 Things Every Woman Should Do Before the Death of Their Spouse. Give our office a call today at 719-210-4242 or visit TaraENolan.com and we will be happy to send you a copy. Life transitions are never easy, but we can help make them simpler.
1: Welcome back to Financially Tuned with me, Tara Nolan from Tara Nolan Advisory Services, and my awesome co-host, Tony Shore. We have been having a lot of fun today. We've actually been talking about women in finances, which is near and dear to my heart because obviously I'm a woman. But we, I really like to get this education out there. And uh, Tony, I, here's, here's some things that I'm, I'm kind of curious. Have you ever heard someone say something to you like, uh, that's just not important you don't need to worry about that
0: yes I have
1: or have you said um, I've got this covered you'll be okay just don't don't worry about it or it's just too complicated
0: yep all those sound very familiar
1: these are the kind of things these are like little buzzwords so if there's any women listening out there that have ever heard statements like that that's just not true (laughs) it it, it can be explained uh, easily enough that you can understand it. It can be complicated but but it is possible to understand. And so Yeah, if
0: if somebody's telling you that say, "Oh no, I have time. I this is important." Explain it.
1: <laughs> and you know, I I worked with a general once when I was lieutenant Tony and I was taking him on a tour and I kind of looked at him, you know, when you're a lieutenant you can do these things and I just said, "How do you know that I'm not just telling you a bunch of BS? How do you know that I actually know what I'm doing?" And <laughs> he kind of laughed for a minute and he looked at me and he said, if you explain it to me so that I understand what you're saying, I know you know your job. If you're trying to dazzle me with big words and fast talking, then I know that you don't really understand what you do. If you can't communicate what you do, then you don't understand it.
0: Yep, exactly. That's a great point. That is a really good point. I like that. That's a good example. Now, um, to dive back into our discussion about financial drawbacks women should avoid, Uh, What's the next one you had on your list? We're going through some drawbacks, and I know that you wanted to talk about some more.
1: Well, the next thing is obviously as once you have to start taking over managing your assets is how do you allocate them? And this is just not something you should know off the top of your head because there's so many options. It's not that it's hard to pick something to do. It's that there are so many possibilities. So obviously in the process, if you're taking over managing your assets, step one has to be. A little bit of education on uh, what you're trying to get done what your current situation is and putting all those things together you know and, and there's a lot of talk about diversification and you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket but that can be a little confusing because some people kind of think that means well i need to work with five different people when it, you're actually better to stay organized with a person but the diversify by having a mastermind team. So on your team, you're gonna want a good CPA and you're gonna want a good um, attorney. You're gonna to wanna to have your trusted advisor, whether it's a family member or person, all together working with one financial person that can then make sure that you have the right mix of guaranteed and non-guaranteed things that balanced out your risk. But it's all very doable, but there's, just, there's a foundation of education that has to happen. Sure,
0: and that's important now. Uh, so how do you help your clients then and people that you meet with uh, organize or diversify their asset allocation?
1: Well, in my process, I actually, there's going to be at least three meetings that we're going to go through for education. But is it okay if I share with you, Tony, a simple example?
0: Yeah, definitely. So The simpler, the, simpler, the better for me, Tara. You know that.
1: <laughs> right. So I liked, one of the examples I like to use is I call it the color of money. To help people kind of organize their investments and their assets uh, yes. and see how they're going to put that together. So um, the color of money, I like to keep it super simple. And we just look at red and green. And, okay. and it's really simple. Red is anywhere that you put your money that there is a potential for you to lose some of it. So can you think of off the top of your head where somewhere you could invest your money that it may go down a little bit?
0: stock market
1: stock market right stock market the only money thing market. we the only thing we can guarantee about the stock market is it will go up and down
0: stock market money market bonds
1: exactly um and hopefully your money market won't go down that much but um, the stock market bonds real estate anywhere that you're going to invest where the money might go up and down yeah and- that's
0: true money mar-, mar, money markets i was wrong on that one they probably wouldn't be included in red money but a uh, but yeah, the markets, anything that's tied to the market is typically a risky endeavor, right?
1: Well, it's just it's, if it's got the potential to go down, then that's that's risk.
0: Like mutual funds. I was thinking more about mutual funds, I think, than, than I was money market accounts. Yeah. Right,
1: and I like to make a distinction between guaranteed versus conservative, because you can be conservative, but you can still lose money even when you're investing yeah. conservatively. So I keep it really simple. Red is just anywhere you can put your money. It's not good or bad, that's just the definition. Green money, and you can hear that called sometimes safe money, is anywhere you can put your money where you're not going to lose a dime. You may not make much, but you're not going to lose a dime. So where, where, off the top of your head, Tony, I'm just putting you on the spot today all over. Where's somewhere you could put your money that you're not going to lose it?
0: Um, Well, I would say under my mattress, but I guess somebody could steal it. Uh, a CD, a certificate of deposit,
1: Right. You're, and under your mattress is the number one answer I get from everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and second would be a CD, I would say.
1: CDs, absolutely, because it's in a bank account. So usually, how, about a
0: fixed, how about a fixed index annuity?
1: Fixed annuities and fixed index annuities are absolutely a good place where you're not going to lose any money. So you're getting the idea that there's places that you yeah. can put your money that's safe, and then there's yep. places that are going to have risk. So that that's the basis for conversation. And now I talk to people. And how common is it when you, you've ever talked to the financial advisor? They're like, "Well, how risk tolerant are you? How much risk can you accept?" What does that mean? Yeah, everyone loves well, the upside know. of risk.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all take risk, and every you know, every time I go outside or get in my car, I you know, I'm taking some risk. But when it comes to finances, it's a different ballgame for a lot of people, isn't it?
1: Well, a lot of people are like, "Well, I, I I'm okay with risk because everyone's okay with making money." but you have to sure. understand the flip side so what i really ask people is how much money are you do you feel okay about losing
0: yeah that's a different question it's like you've asked a whole different question but really it's the same question but that people don't like to think about it that way but if you ask it that way it makes me think of i want to give a whole other answer you know oh yeah i can handle some risk that's no problem let's take some risks and then you say well Okay. So in, in 2016, how much are you willing to lose? So if you start off the year with X amount, would you be willing to lose $30,000 out of that account? 40?
1: And that's exactly the starting place because to me, that's the beginning of asset allocation is, especially with someone who's getting towards retirement and you say, okay, right now you have a nest egg where you're okay. How much of that are you willing to lose? And then that starts, that becomes a balance and a lot of people will start to say, well, you know, I'm okay to lose maybe 10%. So I say, okay, well then let's make 10% of your money red and let's keep 90% of it safe or whatever that balance is. But sure. it's a much more educated way versus starting out with, I want this mutual fund or that mutual fund is kind of an erroneous conversation because the question is first, how much money are you willing to lose? Uh Yeah,
0: that's an interesting way to look at it from that angle.
1: I think that's just the better way to have the conversation about risk tolerance.
0: Sure. So uh, what's another uh, pitfall or drawback that women face with finances?
1: Well, here's one of the things that I think is really important that, that people really need to understand is how do taxes and the IRS rules affect your money? Because Uh, When you retire, maybe you inherit someone's IRA or you get a little bit of inheritance or maybe you are gifted money. All of those things have different rules attached to them from the IRS. So just Mm -hmm. off the top of your head, Tony, I mean, if if you inherited an IRA, could you tell me what you could do with that?
0: Uh, What I could do with an inherited IRA? um, Probably if I wanted to pull the money out of it, I'd probably be taxed, right? Because it's Usually pre-taxed if it's a traditional IRA. Is that correct?
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah, I'd want to use the money. I'd want to have it for my own, but uh, I'd probably have to leave most of it in there and roll it into some other type of account, or uh, maybe I could take minimum distributions. Is that possible? And
1: those are all good questions, because what we're really talking about here, Tony, is how much of your, do you have control of that money? And how no, do you not take, really. and, and then how do you take control of that money?
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, and that's why, that's what you're for. What, wait, what are you, you've reversed it on me, Tara. I'm (laughs) supposed to be asking you these questions.
1: I know, I'm having fun today. (laughs) (laughs) But so this next pitfall that happens then is you inherit some money and you don't know what your options are. And why would you? Because there's no reason. No one reads the IRS code for fun
0: but you have
1: but then there becomes lots of options they call stretch options which allows you to spread money out possibly to children or grandchildren there's uh, you can roll things over into iras or you can there's just so many different options and i couldn't even begin to tell someone what was a good option until we've sat down and looked at what their their situation is right because someone may need that money today someone may be only in their 40s and working and say I don't need that money and the government's going to force me to take it. So there's just so many things to look at. So taking control of your money is one of the next pitfalls that you want to try to avoid because you want to take control of your money and not miss out on opportunities because you didn't know.
0: Sure. And that's why, you know, uh, someone like myself, I look to a financial expert like you, Tara, to help me know, okay, is a stretch IRA a good option? Is that how I'm going to be able to pass this along to my kids without giving them a huge, you know, just burden. It's just a tax burden uh, if you don't do it right. Um, and so you have to keep all that in mind. And I know you have a, a big back office you work with, with CPAs and things. And so I think that's that's important. Now, uh, jumping ahead, we just talked, that was like the fourth pitfall on your list. Um, I know that uh, you said, I think that you have three more pitfalls that women deal with when it comes to planning their finances. So maybe you could expand on those, uh, those three drawbacks for the remainder of the show.
1: Okay. Well, let me talk about the most important one first. And that way, if we start running out of time, we'll, we'll be able to manage that. Sure. The biggest pitfall that I see that happens is with a couple who's living in retirement, they have their pensions, they have their 401ks and they have their social security. And then they've never taken the time to say what happens if one of us passes before the other and it just it doesn't matter it can happen for the husband or the wife but that's part of the planning process for retirement that people skip over and over and over again because most people when they retire when they look at their retirements and their social securities they're doing just fine they're actually enjoying life pretty well but I can just tell you Tony and typically it's usually the husband that had um, the bigger job because he worked the whole time while the wife was at home taking care of kids and working hard there, but not getting financially compensated. So the challenge becomes when the husband passes, like for example, what happens to social security with the husband and a wife if the husband passes? What does the wife get?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I know that they get the higher of the two social security checks, but they're going to lose one if they even had two to begin with. Um. And so they're going to lose income, and if that person, if their spouse had a pension, they're going to lose that. Um, and uh, do they get a life insurance payout? It's it's all depends on what they have, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And just that simple question with Social Security, most people think that when their spouse passes, that they get their their Social Security and get to keep their own too. So it's usually a shock for people to realize they're they're going to lose the smaller amount. So it, it just can turn a very comfortable retirement into an unexpected, chaotic situation. And especially if maybe your house isn't paid off yet or there's, there's things that were just fine while you were together and all of a sudden it's a problem. And so this is one of the things, you know, of myself as a planner that just drives me nuts because you don't have to guess. We can do all those numbers and say, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And a good financial plan incorporates those what if scenarios and tries to make you as protected as possible from all these unexpected things that are gonna happen.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And I'm afraid on that note, we're gonna have to end today's show. We're completely out of time, Tara. Is there anything you wanna add before we go today?
1: Well, just definitely for anyone who's listening to the show today, I think step one is just gonna be to get that education and understanding the right questions to ask. And you know, I'm just passionate about education first because that's what allows us to then make plans and get better. So if you're listening to the show, If you visit my website at www.taraenolan.com and click on the Financially Tuned button, then you can download a complimentary retirement income toolkit. Or if you prefer, you can just call 719-235-5494 and we'll get back with you as soon as we can. Because I know your questions are so important and I want to get all those questions answered. Join us, same time, same place, for another show of Financially Tuned. Take care and we'll talk with you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Tara Nolan